I'll tell you, these are, of all these qualities, it's been a tough week for me when I, in terms of prep, uh, preparation uh, with this particular characteristic. Uh, different ones are stronger in all of our lives and maybe other ones. And um, as I've been preparing for this, somebody asked me one time, they said, you know, what do you do, just stand up and talk? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> so when you're, when, you know, sometimes the Bible is referred to as a mirror. And, uh, and, and as I was, have I been reading this and researching it and, and some other things, I've taught on it before, but I always like to make sure there's something not missing and I've found some new things and so forth. Yeah, which I'm going to share with you in a minute, but but it was like a mirror because one of the you know when I knew I knew when I got to patience, um, I might have a bit of an issue, but I, I just it's kind of blindsided me when I hit gentleness. I thought, God, I'm not so good at this, um, and it's one of those that you know I pride myself in speaking truth. I pride myself in not sugarcoating it. I pride myself in just being blunt. And granted, the Bible tells us we should speak truth, but it also talks about timing. It talks about sensitivity. It talks about love, especially love. So as I thought through this whole thing, and, and I, I kind of give this little disclaimer as we begin, because some of you know me, and, um, and you know if you know me that that sometimes he's not the gentlest guy I know. And if I ever need an opinion and I need it spoken to me straight and non-sugar-coated, I can, call, I can count on Rich. Um, and, and while that may be a good thing on the one side, on the other side, that's not very balanced. And so when we talk about this issue of gentleness, this is a, this is a challenging issue for some of us. Not all of us. Some, some of us have, you know, other things. Let me show you. I'll just show you the, the passage that it comes from in case you had forgotten or are visiting with us, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, joy. We've talked about each one of these and unpacked each one. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Here we go. Gentleness. So, I share my struggle a moment or two with you before we jump into this so that you can understand that while I may teach this with some authority, because I know what the heck I'm talking about, um, doesn't mean that I got it down. Okay? Just want to make sure we understand each other on that issue. Um, because there are, some of these, all of us, are going to be stronger on than others. And the point of the Bible is that when God's at work in our, on our life, all these things can start becoming part of our life. Some will still be stronger than others because of our natural disposition and so forth. So we're going to hit certain ones that we're just all going to go just like I have with this one. Mm, gentleness. I need a lot more of that. And uh, you say, are you gentle ever? Well, you know, by the grace of God, the love of an incredible woman, and, and, and God at work in my life over years, there's certainly a degree that you can see yourself getting a little better in this area. But then when I'm, some of the things I'm going to show you this morning, I'm looking at these and I'm thinking, man, i got some work to do. So anyway, that's where we are. Now, one of the things I've always said, it's an interesting discussion I had last night. One of the things I've said almost every Sunday on this whole issue is these are qualities that cannot be worked on, cannot be acquired or achieved by the strength of will or by determination. These are byproducts of God, the Holy Spirit, working in us. And that is true. And I believe that. Somebody, somebody at uh, last night, they may be here, this service, uh, um, at the second party, 
the second incredible party that I went to, and I apologize to those who had the third one that I didn't make it to. That's what pastors do. We go to parties. You know, people say, what do you do during the week? I go to parties, man. You know, have a party and invite me. You know, anyway. Um, so the second party, two were incredible parties that I went to last night. Um, somebody we, who's been coming here, we, we got into this discussion. They said, they, they, they described themselves as a recovering Catholic. And they said, you know, I want you to tell me to do something. She says, you don't tell me to do something. She says, you tell me that these things are byproducts of the Spirit of God working in my life. I want to do something. And I said, well, I want to first of all introduce you to a term called grace. Okay? And that is, you can't do anything. God loves you already. And He loves you when you're good. He loves you when you're bad. He loves you when you've got a broadened attitude. He still he loves you more than you can possibly imagine. That's grace. It's the grace of God. I said, the second thing is, yeah, I, and, and here's the issue, and I want to make this clear. Can I cooperate with the Holy Spirit working in my life? Can I pray and mean it? God, I, I, please work in my heart. Please make these things more real in me, more authentic in me. You can do that. You can pray. But you can't just bite your lip and see the thing that I want you to I'm going to do this. I'm going to, the thing I want to get away from is how so many times we get into the whole fact of, well, if I do this and do this and do this and, and don't do this and don't, then I'm going to be just great. No, you can't. I mean, you can follow an external list of rules that may not change the inward heart, though. That's the point that I want you to see. The point here is that there's not a formula, there's not a tradition, there's not a liturgy or some rote memory trick. That, that gets you further along on this path. It is God. You need to cooperate. You need to respond to God. But at the end of the day, it's still God. So having said that, let's jump into this thing of gentleness. Let's talk about it a little bit. Give me some definitions, a couple definitions, both from the uh, Greek lexicon, from the original language, as well as from the, an American dictionary, uh, English dictionary, excuse me. Uh, gentleness, in the Old English, refer, is referred to as meekness, M-E-E-K. Um, and that sometimes we think that's weak. That's not weak. It has to do with a humility. Um, gentleness is defined as, as a mildness of disposition, a gentleness of spirit, docile, free from harshness, sternness, or violence. And it's based, get this, it's based on humility. Humility. And Steve already said this, and I think it's an important issue to make, and that is, this is not a quality that is highly valued in our culture. It's really not. Not gentleness. You've got to get ahead, and you've got to push them around. That song was, you've got to push and push and push and push. And, and certainly, there's nothing wrong, and there's nothing in the Bible that says being aggressive is wrong. But at the same time, there is a degree of gentleness that needs to be in all of our lives. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you just a, just a bunch of scriptures, just real, not a bunch, four or five, real quick, five passages from the Bible, verses from the Bible that talk about gentleness. And then in my reading, I ran across some stuff that, it, and I edited some, and I'll show you what I did. Um, it's just really kind of elucidated for us. So that's what's going to happen, all right? Real quick, though, let me just show you some of these verses, all right? Uh, Matthew chapter 5, this is Jesus talking. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly, for the whole earth will belong to them. God blesses those. If it, right here, here's, a, here's a great verse. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Isn't that a great verse? Just put that over the, you know, on your screensaver or something. I mean, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. 
Making allowance for each other's fault. You know, the, the assumption there is everybody has faults. Everybody has faults. He didn't say if. He says, just make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. <laughs> That's a great one. All right, let me show you, let me show you another one. First Timothy, or excuse me, First Thessalonians. Apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but we were as gentle among you as a mother feeding and caring for her own children. The Apostle Paul says, I had a certain degree of authority in this particular situation. I didn't use it. I used gentleness. Titus. Titus is a letter in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul to a young pastor, Titus. And, uh, and look what he said. He says, remind your people to submit to the government and its officers, which was a pretty big deal then. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. Verse 2, they must not seek e- they must not speak evil of anyone. And they must avoid quarreling. Instead, here it is, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Humility. Humility. What an idea, what a concept. James puts it this way, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality and is always sincere. Wisdom that comes from above is gentle at all times. Gentle. All right, now here's what I'm going to do. The, the, the Bible sets the, it sets the tone for us here. Now I'm going to give you a whole bunch of bullets here um, that I picked up. Now here, here's what I did in the early service, just to show you where I am. I said this. I didn't even know I said it until somebody pointed it out to me downstairs um, as I was just saying bye to folks and greeting folks. Um, I said this. I said, look, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of bullets on what gentleness really is. And my intention really is just to beat you over the head with this stuff. And then I just kept running and gone. Didn't even think about that. And, they, and, and this person said to me as they were leaving, they said, I found it interesting that as you were talking about gentleness, you told us you were going to beat us over the head with it. <laughs> so that shows you what you're dealing with here, okay? Let's, obviously, I meant that figuratively, and I meant that in a, in a sense of literalness, but, but not, not literally, literally, okay? So um, we're going we're gonna to talk about this. I'm going to give you several bullet points here just to kind of think on. Some will be more more relational to your particular, relate to your situation more than others, but uh, they're all good to listen to. I, I got most of these, not all, some of them I kind of I did myself, but I was, in my reading I ran across this guy, John Henry Cardinal Newman. He was a cardinal in the 1800s. Interesting guy, really, really neat guy. Uh, uh, became a cardinal in the, in, the, in, the, in the Catholic faith and just had some great stuff. And uh, and some of it, you'll recognize his wording as opposed to mine. A couple of these I've done myself, and some of his I edited a little bit, just so you'll know. So uh, that's what's going on with these. So here we go. Just go through these. Gentleness, elucidated. Gentleness is the opposite of quarrelsome. You, can't, you don't quarrel. You don't argue um, if you're going to be gentle. That doesn't mean you don't try to persuade. doesn't mean you can't get into a good discussion on something. But you're not quarrelsome. There's a difference there. And, and that's one of the points that he's making, is that when you're gentle, you don't quarrel. Think about that. There's a difference between something that you're discussing, and we'll talk more about it in a moment, and something that you're quarreling over. And we've already seen from the Bible that being quarrelsome is not a, is not a good character. Uh, gentleness is the opposite of harsh. Opposite of harsh. Many times we say, I'm going, and I said this a moment ago, I'm going to tell you the truth. You deal with it. Well, there's a fine line there. We talk about being harsh 
or we just talk about telling the truth, or we talk about telling the truth and being harsh about it. Telling the truth isn't always enough to do. There's other issues that are involved with that. I'm going to show you some of those in just a moment. So, being gentle is the opposite of being harsh. So, you've got to ask yourself, am I being harsh here? Gentleness, this is an interesting one that I picked up from the Cardinal. Gentleness for believers in Christ is to be a characteristic of explaining their faith. You ever hear somebody whose faith, somebody who's challenging their faith? Maybe they were challenging their, their belief in the Bible or challenging their, their trust in Christ or, or their belief in God or whatever. And, and the person that's being challenged gets kind of defensive and starts kind of arguing and, and so forth. Well, let me show you what the Bible says about that um, because I think this is a great point. First Peter says this, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if you are asked about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But you must do this in a gentle and respectful way. In other words, you can't say things like, oh, you are stupid. You know, or, you know, what rock have you been under for the last 50 years? Or, you're just crazy. These are all things I've, of course, picked out of my own life that I could use to share with you. Um, you don't do things like that. That's the point. He says, you, you, you share what the hope is within you, and if it's in Christ, explain that, but you do it in a gentle and respectful manner. God, that's just really good. Gentleness is a characteristic of explaining one's faith or, 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 or whatever. Here's one. Uh, gentleness is understanding and forbearance, a listening ear, a hand on the shoulder, the empathetic smile, a shoulder to cry on, compassionate, sympathetic tears. I like that one. You ever have somebody cry with you? And the situation that you're in trauma over doesn't affect them one iota. But they care about you. And maybe they don't cry. Maybe they get a little teary-eyed. Maybe they just put their hand on your shoulder and you know they mean it. That's gentleness. That's what the Bible says we should all strive for. That's what God can, can work and produce in our lives. That's so good. Understanding and forbearance, a listening ear, hand on the shoulder... Empathetic smile, a shoulder to cry on, compassionate, sympathetic tears. Another one, gentleness is timing. Watch this. Sensitivity, perceptiveness of another's mood, fragility, or vulnerability. Yeah, we should tell the truth, but sometimes not right at that moment. Person's beaten up and bloody and bruised, figuratively speaking, and they're really hurting. We need to be careful how we handle that situation. We don't come in and just say, ah, I'm just going to speak the truth. And I've seen that happen a few times, and it's just, it's ugly sometimes, man. It's just a scene, all right? Um, it's timing. There's a proverb that says that the neighbor who greets his, uh, uh, the person who greets his neighbor with a loud greeting early in the morning, it will be reckoned as a curse. <laughs> Can you relate to that? Yeah, somebody... How you doing? You know, it's like six o'clock, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what did I do to you?" You know, um, it's 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 about timing sometimes and sensitivity to a situation. It's gentleness. Gentleness is kindness, and the befriending of a person considered by society as a of, as of lower status. It's interesting that you can think about that. You know, it's it's in any culture in our country, it's different. In in, in some of you know, I, we spent 18 years in Vail, and in there, kind of the low, the low class, some of you did this in your college years, the low class was basically your, your lift attendant. 
you know, and I used to always remind folks, hey, be nice to lift attendance, okay? Because sometimes you need to get all upset and you're wondering, hey, come on, come on, get this, get this lift moving here. In other, you know, our culture, it'd probably be some different uh, areas. I won't mention any, but it might be different areas. And the point that he's making here is gentleness is kindness and befriending of a person considered by society as of a lower class. I'll let you define who that is, but uh, just remember that. Gentleness is humility and meekness, the silent, selfless accepting of indignities and injustice. This is so good. Knowing from whom we derive our self-worth. And yes, whom there is supposed to be capitalized. Because read that again and, and, and think through that with me. It's gentleness is humility and meekness. It's the silent, selfless accepting of, of just the, the crap of life that happens sometimes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Just the, just the stuff that happens in life. That's just the injustices of life. You know, the things that happen to you that they shouldn't have happened to you. Somebody shouldn't have done that. And he says, gentleness is, is accepting of those indignities and those injustices, knowing, this is the key phrase, from whom you derive your self-worth. You, you had better, let me help you with this, you had better derive your self-worth from the fact that you have a God in heaven who loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Because if you derive your self-worth, just think through it, man. I'm going to say the obvious here. If you derive your self-worth from another person in your life, you know what can happen. If you derive your self-worth from your position in life, your job, you know what can happen. If you derive your self-worth from just, you know, where you live, you know what can happen. You see what I'm saying? Speaking of, as a guy who just had a birthday of 50-something, um, I told you last week, so I didn't know, 57, you see things in people over the years. You see so many changes in people's lives. And you see things that people have put their self-worth in, and now they're just devastated. And sometimes it's middle age. Sometimes it's after middle age. They're de- devastated because they have derived their worth out of something that was temporary as opposed to an almighty God who says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made by me, and I love you far beyond anything you can imagine. Grab that. If you get nothing else out of this, grab that. That's an important issue. And kids, let me save you a lot of heartache. Grab a hold of that one and hang on to it. Because everything else in life changes. Everything changes. So hang in there with that, all right? There you go. Knowing from whom we derive our self-worth. Another one, gentleness is, refra- oh, here we go, I love this one. Re- re- gentleness is refraining from lecturing, rebuking, or talking down to the hurting. You ever have that happen? I mean, this isn't, there's another form of this. I told you so. You ever have that one? God, I, hate, I hate those words. I hate those words. I told you so. Thank you for sharing that with me, you know. I wasn't thinking that. Nobody here does that, I'm sure. Saw a few elbows fly right there. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Um, it's refraining from lecturing and rebuking or talking down to someone who's really hurting at the time. You know, sometimes we're tempted and sometimes we want to say, you know, I told you this was going to happen if you did that. I, I, had, a situ- I had this situation several times, but I'm thinking one in particular where a guy invested a lot of money in this particular business. Really, it was in a person, as it often is. And, and you know, the end of that story, and it didn't turn out. And his wife was kind of like... You know, sitting there, and, and I happened to be present, and I said, I looked at her, and I said, you know, this may not be a good time to talk about that. 
because this guy is just dying, you know. Knowing all the regrets. He doesn't really need to be reminded at that particular time. And maybe a discussion needs to be had at some point in the future for various reasons. But uh, there's a great quality right there. Right? Gentleness is a soft, watch this, is a soft word of assurance or hope to a, to a fearful child. We've all done that probably. Or a distressed friend or other loved one. That's gentleness. Soft word of, of assurance. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Here's one that I really like. And these are obviously, I didn't edit these. These are straight from the Cardinal's writings. And I, it's, it's, it's a little, know, some of you might think it's a little sexist. I, don't, I think it's kind of cool. Um, watch this. Gentle, just watch. Gentleness is for men, his words, always cherishing and treating women with respect, chivalry, and with a delicate, soft, tender touch, figuratively and literally. Now, come on. What woman doesn't want to be treated that way? Yeah, what woman doesn't want to be treated? If you're a woman who doesn't want to be treated that way, let me see your head. No, don't do that. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But it's true. some truth to this. Now, I like the next one, too. It's, it's, it's for women. This is good. Gentleness for women. Being slow to criticize. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Tear down or nag us so flawed men. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Write it down, guys. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to have a special place there. There we go. I just, you know, I didn't write it, folks. I just found it for you. Okay, it's good, though. It's good. I changed this. Here's one that I did, and this is one that I just, I want to kind of sum it all up. Gentleness is moderation in response to extremity, meekness in response to condescension, humility in response to compliments, calmness in response to anger. That's what gentleness is. That says it all right there. I just like that. And I use some of the thoughts from the cardinal on that. It's, 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 it's response to extremity, you know. Meekness in response to condescension. Humility in response to compliments. Calmness in response to anger. That's what gentleness is. Let me bring it home for you. We can be gentle. Don't miss this part. Because Jesus is gentle with us. One of my favorite verses in Scripture, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. I'm so glad Jesus is gentle. There are so many times when I've probably needed Him in some way to come into my life and say, you are a jerk. You're a first-class jerk. And you have thoughts that are absolutely ridiculous. Some of the hateful thoughts that you have, some of the vindictiveness that you want to take out are just absolutely ridiculous. But you know, Jesus doesn't come that way. He comes... The Bible says in that still, small voice. And it's kind of like a very gentle prompting or wooing saying, you know, you, you, you shouldn't be saying those kind of things. You shouldn't be in this kind of a conversation. You shouldn't be thinking those kinds of thoughts. It's always gentle. That's how, that's how Jesus works. And it's as if, it, it is, as Jesus is saying, this is how I am with you. Go and do likewise with others. 
You say, yeah, but that person in my life doesn't deserve it. Neither do I. Neither do you. But that's who Christ is. And that's what He does for us. And we thank God. And we thank Jesus. Let's pray. God, I and I think I speak for all of us, we are humbled by this truth. And we would ask you to just make us aware of those situations and those opportunities and challenges in our lives where we can have the ability to display the kind of gentleness that you show to us. Maybe that begins with us beginning to understand, first of all, that you love us, that you, you want us to come to you. And, and for some of us, that might be the first time of just saying, God, I want to trust you. For others of us, it might be the umpteenth time of saying, Jesus, I want to keep trusting you. And I, I, I want you to work these things into my life. I ask that. We thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus who lived, suffered, died, and rose again to give us the ability to have life, real life, with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.